Welcome to the Sports Memory Podcast, people. We're recording this week's episode at Tap House 61 on Central Avenue in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's one of our favorite bars in the area, and they actually recently just got a liquor license. So if you're in town, stop by, grab a cocktail. It's a great bar, great folks, and they no longer just have beer here anymore. Folks, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we discussed the attempted murder last week by Miles Garrett on Steelers quarterback and ultimate fuckboy Mason Rudolph. We're also going to discuss that weird motherfucker Felipe Carvalho and his tits, which nearly broke the internet this week. We sample for you some of the games of the week, including Green Bay at San Francisco and Baltimore at the LA Rams. We give you our Vegas picks for six games. And folks, we highly suggest you roll with these picks because we've been red hot all year. We thank you so much for joining us this week. This is the Sports Memory Podcast. Let's get this shit started. We're recording tonight live at Tap House 61 on Central Avenue in St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm your host, Drew Forbes, and I'm joined, as always, by the great Marcus Anthony and the great Derek yo, yo. Black. What's up, guys? How we doing? What'd you guys do today? How are you feeling? Um, I've worked a lot, um, and I spent a lot of time evaluating these games and um, spitballing about how much I hate Mike Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thursday. Uh, I spent most, too much of my day listening to people bitch about Mike Tomlin. Yep. And uh, <laughs> uh, just getting some stuff done, trying to get prepared. Fucking Yinzers, man. Uh, it, it was a crazy week last week. Um, obviously, uh, speaking of Yinzers, let's go ahead and just talk about that Steelers game. <laughs> um, Mason Rudolph getting his bitch-ass face bludgeoned in uh, by a far superior and greater man, Miles Garrett. Marcus, what are your thoughts on that? I, I know a lot of people are going to be pissed for me saying this. I really wish that people would just smack him in the face with a helmet at the beginning of the game. <laughs> That's the only time he showed any energy and like wanting to be on the field. Um, he's He's been awful. Uh, it just takes way too much to get him uh, some confidence or energy. Um, and thank you, Miles Garrett. Someone needed to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that play um, up to a point. So I, I definitely understand the beginning of it. Uh, he, he thinks he has a sack. Ball gets thrown away late. Uh, doesn't know the ball's gone. Obviously, Rudolph knows the ball's gone and feels like he's pulled down late. He tries to pull his helmet off. All that. All that. Um, I'm, I'm with Miles Garrett up until the point where he hits him in the head with his own helmet. That's kind of where he lost me. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't be with Miles Garrett about him bludgeoning another man in, no. the, in the head. I mean, he, he literally could have killed him. Yeah. Uh, you've seen Miles Garrett uh, shirtless. I've Chiseled seen it. Greek God. I've seen it, and I feel uncomfortable every time. <laughs> uh, I question my it. sexuality every single time I see that guy shirtless. Um, no, don't worry, I was the same <laughs> way with Vernon Davis. <laughs> Dude, for real though, Patrick Willis um, and, yeah. and 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 uh, Daniel Hunter from the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. those, those are some shredded men. Um, anyways, enough of this. Uh, it's 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 a terrifying thing, you know what what he did, but get kicked in the balls twice and Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was justified, but uh, I like I like Marcus's point, which is that dude, how horrible was Mason Rudolph's game? conveniently hid by the fact that uh, you know he almost got murdered by Miles Garrett was <laughs> yeah. the fact that he threw four interceptions and played an absolutely atrocious <coughs> game. Let me ask you a question, Marcus. Uh, should the Steelers go to uh, Duck Hodges? 
Um, yeah, and I, I honestly, as much as I've talked about like the, the lack of production and overrated of uh, overrated of uh, Colin Kaepernick, I'd actually be content if they just brought him in. They need something on offense. They need some kind of spark. Uh, and for me, I, I wish we could have seen um, out of uh, Rudolph what we saw at a duck. Listen, if you're going to make mistakes as a young quarterback, do it aggressively. Throw the ball downfield. Try it. Make a mistake trying to win at 100%. I'll take that over making a mistake trying to avoid a mistake. Go and aggressively. Go and aggressively. It's a great segue into, into I think, our next topic here with uh, throwing the ball downfield, being aggressive, and not really, you know, if you turn it over trying to win the game, you turn the ball over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you think go to Duck Hodges, huh? Uh, why not? Give him a shot. Uh, Ru- Rudolph's not getting it done. Um, and I know a lot of it is coming from Tomlin and especially Fickner. He's been terrible. Yeah. Um, but in the same sense, Rudolph's just not He's not being aggressive. He's not been confident at all. He's been shaky and startled all the way through. Um, so they, they need something. They need something on offense. And and although like, Duck wasn't like super efficient, he was aggressive and he made it. <laughs> I love it. Almost casually. Oh, it's Duck. Du- it, it's Duck. Dude, um, he really does. I, I think I think Mason Rudolph has a little Duck in him though too. Yeah, he's got a little bitch in him too. <laughs> I, I just yeah, I, I don't think the Steelers have enough of a complete offense to afford a game manager like Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Um, the run game isn't there as well as it was last year. I don't think Juju has uh, adjusted well to being a number one receiver. Sure. So. Take the guy that's going to you know make some plays. I think the Kaepernick take is definitely interesting, and, and why not? What they're five and f- five and five, yeah. right? I mean, you got really nothing to lose. Why not bring him in? It's going to piss off a lot of Yinzers, but I'd love to see it. Um, so, how long should Miles Garrett get on that suspension? He lost his appeal already. Yeah. So, how long uh, should he get? Instantly. Um, it's it's so hard to say. Um, you know, I th- we've talked about how the NFL's adapted to uh, social media and everyone chiming in yeah. um, to what's going on. They're going to have the rest of this season to figure out what they want to do. Truthfully, I think the rest of this season is sufficient, but you're going to have people bitching like, ban him forever, give him two years. Um, I, I, I think I think the rest of this year, especially if Cleveland gets close to making some sort of a push and flirting with the playoffs, I think this year is uh, sufficient enough. It's a, it's a lot of games already. Yeah, I think no matter how ridiculous that is from a, you know, an on-the-field activity, um, you'll, no one will ever convince me that that is worse than some of the things that they let guys get away with four-game suspensions for, <laughs> uh, as far as like domestic violence, child abuse, things like that. Uh, I think they're saying indefinitely, just because they don't. They're going to wait till Cleveland's mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and then say, "Great, it's for the end of this year," and then put a number on it. Um, I'm surprised it kind of got upheld. If you look at like just the legal ramifications of the CBA and, and indefinite not being. Uh, an acceptable suspension term. I thought that was really interesting, but th- there's ways around that. There's you know the commissioner's uh, exempt list and things like that. Right. But I think they'll do it at the end of the year, and and he'll be back next season. Sure. So do you guys remember the last time we saw someone use a helmet to strike someone else? No. Helmet? No. I remember. Uh, was it, uh, it was, was it Hainsworth that stomped no, on Gerard's well, face with, well, with a cleat? I'm not even talking NFL. The last time we saw someone use a helmet to bash another person, it was in college. It was Miami against... Oh, yeah. Brandon Mayweather so, in that brawl against Florida International. Yeah. So, how about this? I'm reading this article today, um, and Brandon Merriweather, of all people, is talking about the Miles Garrett situation. <laughs> no way. So, um, you know, first off, he uh, said there's no excuse for it, which made me laugh because he did it. Right. But, uh, man, you got to read this article. Merriweather just goes on about how uh, Mason Rudolph deserved what he got. 
and um, there's no excuse in Miles Garrett, but he should have went into uh, Baker Mayfield after the lo- um, after Mayfield's uh, interview about the incident and say, "Listen, you don't got my back. Let's square up right now." <laughs> it's, it's great, and uh, and it, it was just so perfect that it was Merriweather who did the exact same thing a decade ago. Yeah. That, that is pretty perfect. And uh, man, if you got Merriweather and OJ Simpson on your side, that's kind of a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, you're on the wrong team. Uh, I, I think Miles Garrett, the rest of the season, maybe a couple games next year, maybe like four games next year. I think what he did is horrible, and you can't really pass it off as anything but that. But at the same time, you get kicked in the dick twice, and it's pretty much anyone's game. I think in some states you're allowed to murder somebody after that. So let's move off the Miles Garrett thing. Let's just jump right into Felipe Felipe's tits. Um, it's 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 the talk of the town, or at least the weird internet town that that we seem to exist in. Um, Felipe Carvalho, he commented. You know what article that was on, by the way? It was on an article about uh, the Dolphins running back that I guess punched his girlfriend or some shit a pregnant one so i I love the opportunities that felipe chooses to like to like jump out on the comment section and uh so i picture felipe like sitting around his apartment he's got that picture of him and his rocking tits ready to go and uh he, he all of a sudden sees the uh um a dolphins article pops up i'll bet he didn't even look at the content of the article and he's like all right this is my time. This is when I show the world my tits. Do you think he, I, I wonder, <laughs> what I wonder he, if he has a threshold. He's like, oh, man, there's a thousand comments. Yeah, Let's exactly. jump in. <laughs> Game Dude, time. Because, I mean, I don't think he's completely not self-aware, or maybe he is. I still don't fucking get the guy. I know he's a troll. Uh, we've wrote m- multiple articles about him. Unfortunately, they're the most read articles that we ever do, <laughs> and I'm really ashamed of that point. But um, Felipe's tits lit up the internet. Uh, I'll never forget where I was the day that Felipe's tits broke the internet. Oh, my. Oh, Felipe, what a character. Um, Walk me through your emotions when you first saw those tits. I'm not going to say aroused, even though it might have came uh, A little bit. Uh, intrigued? Interested? Con- confused? <laughs> very confused? I was just going through like a mental catalog of every guy I've ever seen shirtless and stack ranking the size of his areolas versus yep. that person. Right. Uh, there's like one person I won't name because he's local and who stacks up close, but it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I know exactly who that is. Big nips are uh, big nips are, are something to be proud of, Felipe. We want you to be you. And if you ever want to come on the podcast, do an interview. Uh, I, I actually probably don't want to meet you because I'm scared of how normal you actually are. I'm fucking terrified. The fact that he hasn't given an interview yet is is something very alarming. It either means that he's he's so scared of how dumb he is that he's going to look that much worse, or he's scared of, of ruining the Felipe character. He's going to come out shy and like stutter all over oh, the yeah. place. He's, and probably, not be able he's to probably like just the nicest guy ever. No, dude. Like, I, 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 I 100% doubt that. You, know, you never know. All right, so we got we let's launch into the games this week. Um, we got some pretty tough uh, calls, uh, I, I would say. Um, I was looking at some websites. You know, I, I always kind of look at a few different websites to see what people's uh, uh, takes are, and it seems like a lot of the sporting world is split on a lot of these games. Uh, so just to recap our format, we pick six games a week. The six games are randomly selected. Uh, we do four non-primetime games, and then we do the Sunday and Monday night game. Um, we are absolutely destroying this year, by the way. Um, if you're looking for gambling advice, all three of us, actually, nay, all four of the people that do this podcast, we are over 500. Uh, the odds of that are ridiculously low uh, for that to happen. So this is probably not going to happen for much longer. Ride the hot hand while it goes. Uh, I personally was 5-1 and one last week. Um, Derek, 
You were six and zero, correct? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Six and zero. Marcus, what were you? I was five and one as well. Five and one. So, <coughs> dude, I mean, one. you can't really go wrong with any of us. I believe Marcus, you are still leading on the year. Oh yeah, oh, Dar- Daddy's got it. Are Only you, by two you, games. Yeah, I was gonna say it can't, it can't be that much further. Um, I'm I'm a pretty distant third, but uh, I like my chances going forward. So uh, let's go ahead and launch these games. So the first game we have on tap is Tampa at Atlanta. Atlanta is favored by four and a half on this one. Um, I mean, this this is this is kind of a tale of two disappointing games uh, or teams. Like, what what do you guys take on this game? Um, I, I can't talk about how much Atlanta's disappointed me all season um, enough. Like I, like I said over and over, I, I had them as my favorite going in to win the uh, win the South. Um, and I also had Carolina to beat them last week, so they keep finding ways to just do me dirty. <laughs> um, this game, division games are always a lot tougher, um, but I think this is going to be a, I think it's going to be a lot of a, a weirder game than you think. Um, obviously, if you look at these two teams, you're assuming like a, a 31, 35, a high-scoring shootout game. I think there's going to be a, quite a few turnovers and some good defensive stands, um, but in this divisional matchup the way these two wacky-ass teams are playing. Uh, give me four and a half points for Tampa on the road. So something that was interesting when I was looking at Atlanta, um, so week 10 is their first in-division game of the year uh, against the Saints. They hold them to nine points. Uh, then the next week, Carolina hold them to three points. Those are two teams that are scoring well, at least. Um, so from defensively, they kind of – I mean, it's way up from where they were. They had statistically the worst pass rush in the league – uh, heading into those matchups, I think they're now second to last, but they've made up a lot of ground on, on just how terrible they were at one point. Um, familiarity, obviously, being a key there, and, and does that is that what's playing the difference here? Is it teams they weren't familiar with versus teams are now a little more familiar with? Um, I don't know. I, I just I don't trust what Tampa's doing at all. They always find a way to lose, turn the ball over. Um, Atlanta's starting to actually turn force some pressure. And I think that could be bad for for Tampa. Uh, against my better judgment, I think I'm gonna take Atlanta here. Yeah, I'm taking Atlanta too, and I fucking hate it so much. So I much. hate this team so much. Um, but you can't deny that they've turned things around. Weirdly, I mean, they they absolutely stifled the Saints. I think that that has a lot to do with the divisional rivalry. But I also think something's clicking. Uh, when they when they went in and beat Carolina last week, and you know. It wasn't uh, a blowout. They, they embarrassed them. Exactly. It wasn't a blowout, but Carolina yeah, was like never it, in the game. They were never in it. That, that, that's, and that's the thing. So I think Atlanta has turned the corner. Um, I definitely think this is a b- pretty big adjustment. Uh, I think without the Carolina win last week, Tampa, you know, it might even be an even up game. Yeah. Um, so I think this is kind of a big adjustment by Vegas, but I'm kind of liking the adjustment at home. Uh, I'm definitely taking Atlanta. Well, let's talk about some aspects of this game. So Jameis Winston, I mean – you really can't deny I'm 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 one of James Winston's uh, biggest fans as a, as a, as a college prospect and and I've been very real about his downturn in the NFL and and, and the Bucks mishandling of him but 19 touchdowns 18 interceptions undeniably just a very awful season uh, he threw some interceptions in that last game that were just so poor Weirdly enough, he's second in the league in yardage. I think that has more to do with the fact that he's putting him in awful situations and they're constantly having to come back. But what are you guys' thoughts on Jameis Winston? I mean, I, can we agree that he's done in, he's done in Tampa, right? Yeah, he has to be. I think I think the way that it's kind of shaping up for them, uh, they're going to have one hell of a pick coming up in this year's draft, and I think it's going to be too expensive for them going forward to keep him around. Um, you know, it's time to explore other options, and I think it's, it's like we said over and over. It's beneficial for both him and the organization to kind of just cut ties. 
a lot of the mock drafts I've seen uh, recently have them taking Herbert out of uh, Oregon, so it could be a good fit as far as a similar style quarterback to what Arians is used to. I, I think, I mean, Arians is going to survive this year no matter what, uh, no matter how they finish down the stretch here. But for Jameis, I think it's it could be a good, just you know, fresh start, good change of scenery. Uh, maybe another situation where they just need a quarterback and kind of plug it in. Uh, I think Chicago should take a, a good hard look at him. Uh, the ability, if they can establish any kind of run to throw off play action. But, again, like the, those passing yards, passing yards don't really mean a whole lot to me uh, from a fan standpoint as far as what a quarterback's pro- producing because so much of that can be system-driven. I mean, how many how many rushing yards do the Bucks have? Well, yeah, that and you start getting down by 30 points, you're doing nothing you have to but throw. throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely an overrated statistic. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad you said that. Chicago would be a beautiful spot for Jameis. Yeah. Um, play good defense. So and, and you saw glimpses of it. If he doesn't feel like he has to win the game, which unfortunately for the Bucks' defense is really rarely the case, um, he just doesn't force the turnovers. And obviously O.J. Howard doesn't really help his case either last week. Yeah. How, what a joke that was. Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, Jameis needs to go to a good team. Um, I'd love to see him in San Diego. I've said that before. Uh, I'd, yep. I'd love to see him in Chicago. He needs to go to a team that has a defense that's capable of not always playing from behind. Because I think what Jameis' problem is, is he's always, he's his whole career he's played from behind, and he tries to force things when he's playing from behind. I'd love to see him in a situation where he's got a good defense, he's got a good team around him. I really do think he can turn it around, but, man, it is rough. And like, like you guys said, he just needs to change the scenery. We need to move on. But if you look at this point of the league, at the quarterback passing yard leaders, it's a really weird list, the top five. And it kind of it kind of always is because you, you always have teams that are kind of struggling that have the most passing yards because they're always playing from behind. But let's talk about this. Number one in passing yards is Dak Prescott. Number two, Phillip Rivers, the fucking tin man from last week. What the hell was that? Um, watching that guy play is so uncomfortable. That guy has never done a quad or hamstring stretch in his entire That's life. Right. Uh, Jameis Winston at number three, uh, Mr. Turnover. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at number four. That's with him missing a couple games. Like uh, I'm not surprised by that, but I am kind of surprised by that. How insane is that? He's fucking ridiculous, man. He's so good. And then Jared Goff at number five. Like, oh, my God. It's actually very surprising seeing him that high up the list. I count three guys in that top five board that are just playing awful this year. Winston, uh, Rivers, Goff. Uh, Dak, you know, Dak's playing well, but um, yeah, I mean, that that is a that is an odd list. Woo. So Falcons win two in a row. They beat the Panthers and beat the Saints, and we talked about it. Um, is Dan Quinn saved this year? Is is he still in the hot seat? What's what's up? Not yet, not yet. Um, I, I think if they make a, uh, a a Chargers-esque push and finish the rest of this year, I think that's the only opportunity he has to be there next year. Um, they've got to flirt with 500. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts. They have to at least flirt. That's with a it. tough task. They already have it, seven it, losses. It, it's a very tough task. Like but now, I think nine games is about like their cap. Um, finish strong. Um, shit happens. But if, if they if they duff it and win like four, if they go like four and twelve, goodbye. Um, I think if you get into that, you know, five wins and it's close to the end or six wins total, I think you have a chance. Um, but if, if they don't win more than four games, goodbye, Dan Quinn. And hello, Lincoln Riley. <laughs> um, my thing is, if he hasn't been fired yet, I, I don't think he gets dips back down to that, that low point threshold he's already been at this season, um, especially if he can figure out a way to go at least 500 against the division. 
if you've justified keeping him around this long, then you can probably justify in your head, oh, well, he went you know, 500 or 4-2 and two or 5-1 or and one against our division. Uh, it's a good building block for next year. For whatever the reluctance was, I don't think anything's going to change their mind, uh, barring if them losing out, basically. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he gets fired. I'm in Atlanta a lot. People still love him. It's so fucking weird. I don't understand the loyalty of that guy. But anyways, uh, they definitely are coming back two in a row. Uh, they technically could go nine and seven, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? I can't. I can't. No, I can't. Actually, can't. It's not going to happen. So Denver at Buffalo. I actually think this is a really fucking interesting game, and here's why. When I look at Denver and Buffalo, I see the same team with two very different circumstances. So if if you don't know this about Buff, uh, Denver, they have lost. I think now with the Vikings, five or six games by five points or less or by one one score or less. So they've been in almost every game they've been in. Um, if you look at these two different teams, on defense, Denver ranked. And you you would be – you this probably blows so many people's minds, but Denver is 3-7. and seven. They have the fourth-ranked defense in total yardage. Buffalo, third. Now, on offense, completely different story, but like I said, they're, they're very similar teams. Uh, Denver is ranked 25th, and Buffalo ranked 19th in yards. I find this game so fascinating, um, and I, I really do think that a lot of Denver's success or Buffalo's success has been a product of their division. Um, what do you guys think of this game? Um, you know, looking at the numbers that uh, Denver's produced defensively, I, I just can't stop thinking about like all the hate that comes towards Kirk Cousins. I, I think he went for three, 319 and three scores last week, and although Denver's a bad team, what a great defense that is. Um, but I think I think – Benching or Flacco with his uh, his season-ending injury, uh, Brandon Allen's been fantastic. It, that was a spark that they needed. It kind of opened them up, and they got kind of to the point where they're just like, "Hey, listen, we got nothing to lose. Let's fire. Let's fire away. Let's let's open it up. Um, let's not do anything dumb on offense and let our defense handle business." Because um, Denver's defense was awful for the first six weeks. That was probably the most disappointing defense uh, for the first quarter, quarter and a half of the year. Um, Buffalo, uh, man, there's I don't know what to say about that. You, I can't put a finger on them. They're just gonna, it's going to be an ugly, low score and defensive battle. Uh, I think we got this game at four and a half, correct? Yeah. Yep. Um, Bills Mafia, I, I don't know, but get, give me give me Brandon Allen and the Broncos just to cover four and a half there. Derek? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm covertly in a couple Bills fans groups, and it is one of the most like interesting, scary, terrible places in the world. Um, they're pretty much 50-50 split on, on Josh Allen and whether or not they think he's good. Uh, some are citing the fact that you know his, his touchdown to interception ratio and his efficiency. Uh, others can't get over the fact that he doesn't throw for 300 yards. I was like, oh, well, it's only 280 yards. Yeah, But yeah, four touchdowns and no interceptions. Yeah. Um, so... Th- Again, just a bizarre place. I'd love to see that place burn and see them lose. Uh, I don't know what they do at home, but I, I think I like Denver to, to cover the points here. Um, I find it very convenient you brought up Kirk Cousins, the, the, the great <laughs> the great mediocre one, Kirk Cousins. Uh, you mentioned the second half, but didn't seem to mention the first where he looked absolutely terrible. Against, yes, a good defense. But we're talking an at-home game where Kirk Cousins normally plays good on turf. That first half is everything that I fear about Kirk Cousins, and his comeback in the second half is something that he's really never done in his career. And I, 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 give him, I give him all the props in the world for what he did in the second half. But the fact that at home he fell behind by that far to a three and six team, and if you looked at what they did on offense at the beginning of that game, 
it was it was some bad bad play calls to Kirk Cousins' benefit, but it was also just Kirk Cousins just being inefficient with the ball, um, throwing weird just. He just looks so bad at times, and something happened at halftime. I, I have no doubt that um, Stefanski went in there and, and drew up some game plan, found some flaw in their defense that they found, and they were able to exploit in that second half. But the fact that he looked as bad as he did in the first half with the best running back in the NFL, uh, Stephon Diggs, you know, they, they, they don't have, obviously, Adam Thielen, but when Adam Thielen's in there, they have one of the best wide receiving duos in the NFL. And, dude, Rudolph and, and um, their rookie uh, – Tight end, who I can't, I, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Smith. Irv, Irv. Yeah, Irv Smith. Like, they, that is an exceptional tight end group. Uh, with that running game, that offensive line, he should have done better in the second in the first half. And, dude, give him props for once in his life. He came back and won a game. So, what, so you mentioned play calling, and I know we'll, we'll, I'm going to make this point, and then we'll get back to, the, to the, the, the Denver game. Yeah. But you mentioned play calling. As a Dalvin Cook owner, I'm, I'm checking the score. They're down 20-0, and Dalvin Cook has four carries. Yeah. How the fuck is that possible? Because what was, <laughs> what was happening is they were, tr- they were trying to air it out early, and it just it wasn't, it wasn't working. I, I actually kind of appreciated it, but they— But why would you do that down to one of your receivers? What? Why would you do that when you're down a receiver? Because they were trying to go off. against the game script. Yeah, like yeah. what they do is they set up the pass with the run. They, going in, going into that game, they were the only team in the entire NFL that had actually run more run plays than pass game, pass plays. So that alone should tell you, like, like if any quarterback, if, if you're doing that and you're successful and your quarterback isn't doing good, then that quarterback is absolutely awful. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is absolutely awful. He's he's deeply mediocre. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and but when 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 the running game is not going and when Kirk Cousins cannot set up the play action, he's a terrible. He looks really bad. So um, I worried about what 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 we saw in the first half. A better team like the Patriots or the Packers, they're going to get Kirk Cousins like that, and they're going to hold him for the rest of the game. So I, I worry about him in that situation going forward. Absolutely. Um, I'm definitely taking Denver to cover though. Yeah. I, I, I liked a lot of what I saw to Denver. Cortland Sutton, holy shit, that guy's good. Um, I mean, from from a from a keeper standpoint, is he the hottest keeper in the league? I mean, he, he's outside 180p, so we're talking uh, like I would say him, or you can look in the same game. John Brown leading leading the AFC in receiving yards. Is he really? Yeah, wow, I didn't. I actually did not know that. Yeah, so John Brown's leading the NFC. So I'm gonna pull it up right now. And but who do you think's more talented? That, that that's 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 like the thing. Future like, projection with, with, with Flacco and obviously their backup quarterback, Cortland Sutton has looked ridiculously good. He's He's tenth overall in 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 um for, in terms of wide receivers for res, for receiving yards per game. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I think Corlin Sutton. I've always really liked that guy's talent. I, I love him in a keeper format. Yeah. He's definitely like you said, high end keeper as far as where you got him. Um. So we all take Denver there, huh? We did. Every, everybody did. So uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee, an- another interesting game. Um. Tennessee's favored by three. Uh. I think that. I think this for me this is the lock of the week. And I, I want to get your guys' take, but um, I think this is, this is an easy bet. Who are you guys taking here? Um, I'm actually kind of in the same boat. I'd be very, very in the same boat if uh, Gardner Minshew was playing quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, they, actually, shit. It, 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 for, for me. Um, we must be going different ways. I, we're, we're, we're definitely going different ways. So if, if Minshew's a quarterback, the way that they did everything, for me it's a lock at Jacksonville. Um, but with Foles in there, man, they, they just seemed to have no rhythm. Maybe it was him shaking it off. Right. Um, they they just didn't c- come out to play. They got blown out in the second half against the Colts. It, was, it wasn't even close. Um, but with that being said, I'm really 
I don't think they have enough pieces uh, in Tennessee, and I think that uh, neither quarterback over there is the answer, neither Mariota or Tannehill. Um, I love Derrick Henry, but if you get behind or if you have if you play against a uh, physical defense, um, you're in trouble. And this this is up there. This is one of my top three bets of the week. Uh, if Minshew is there, it's a lock. But um, give me Jacksonville plus three by that half point if you uh, are scared of the juice, want the juice. So I'm going to be a little shorter to the point on this one. Uh, I, I'm in the same boat. I think Jacksonville plus the points. I don't trust Tennessee's identity. Uh, I know they're committed to the run, even if they're behind, which I think is the right move. That's definitely the, the, the focal point of that offense. They have talent at receiver, but they just don't have a quarterback. They're going to be a team that drafts a quarterback really early, first, second round this year, for sure. Uh, despite my reluctant support of, of Mike Vrabel, uh, I just don't think they have enough to get it done here. And hopefully, if full starts slow, they'll, they'll go to, to Minshew. And, and get a little spark off the bench, but uh, Fournette's looking decent. The, the, the uh, DJ Shark is is very good, very underrated. Probably another uh, keeper prospect as well, as far as where he was taken. Probably pretty late in drafts. Um, he's one of the top points producers this year, so I, I definitely I'm a good Jacksonville as well. And he was one of my uh, my first touchdown props last week. Well, Man, that was beautiful. Yeah, so I think you guys are absolutely fucking crazy. Uh, the, the Titans literally in their last game just beat the Mahomes abled Chiefs. They are coming off a bye. Um, they have been up and down. There's no doubt. So they, they've been they've been one of the weirdest teams in the league. Really, they beat the Mahomes. They beat Mahomes. They blow out the Browns. Then they get blanked by the Broncos. They get spanked by the Jags. So they've already been beaten by the Jags. This game is at home. I think that I think that with the Chiefs win, they had a full week to rest to kind of comprehend that win. Um, I'm going Titans all day, and I'm actually really confident. I can't wait for us to talk about this next week. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't trust the Titans, but at the same time, I definitely don't trust the Jaguars. I hate them with Foles. You're right, with Minshew in there, I, I, I would absolutely think this is a different game because he brings a different spark. I think Foles is that vanilla pudding that is not going to get the job done. And uh, I love, I love the Titans in this game, and I'm, I love how different some of our picks are this week. I, I see, I see a lot of similarities actually. Now you talk about between Foles and Mason Rudolph, and then Hodges and Minshew as far as yeah. taking some chances, being a little more athletic, play on the edge, just a spark, just having a little more fun. But sure. They, and, and the guys you play with, they see, they see that. Oh yeah. They, they listen. Okay, hey, you fucked up, but. You did it at 100 miles an yep. hour, and you're trying to win. You're not just trying to hold a job or not to lose. Yep. And that, that's something that you can definitely absolutely rally about, rally around. All right, so let's launch into the hardest game of the week for me. I don't know about you guys personally, but Dallas at New England. New England's favored by 6.5, and, and as they should be. Uh, but I don't know, like 6.5 seems like a lot. Um, at 5.5, I'd be so freaking comfortable with the Pats. Uh, I th- this game was so hard for me. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on this? This game really, really, really worries me. So this, um, not in this pretense here at six and a half, can't touch points, all that. Um, Dallas is my second favorite bet of the week. Um, but them at seven and a half, I think that's your gimme of the week. Uh, I think that's just way too many points. Six and a half. Yeah, well, at six and a half. Yeah, so, okay. So, yes, yeah, so in a different pretense right, right, where, okay. you can, where you can pay juice and buy yeah, for the yeah. points, seven and a half is my second pick. But here, um, this has got to be one of my favorites. I, I think six and a half is too much. New England's struggling terribly on offense, mm-hmm. um, and Dallas is very athletic on defense. Um, New England obviously can play a really, really good defense, but um, I think as a matchup perspective, 
Um, it definitely benefits the Cowboys. Um, and I know, I know Brady's never lost to Dallas, and he's hated him out of the womb. Um, but, man, six and a half is just way too much. It's not a primetime game. And this is a, this is a huge statement game for uh, Captain Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, and the gang. Give me Dallas all day at six and a half. And I hate the Cowboys. And I hate the Patriots. So this is this is a game I, I can see going a few different ways, really depending on how it starts. But just the reality of the situation is uh, the wide receiving core for the Patriots this week is Julian Edelman, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil uh, Harry, who's played exactly one game in his professional career, and that's the end of the list. Uh, they don't have a fullback, which is something that's kind of a critical point of their offense. They're using a lot of uh, – they're using linebackers and, and guards at fullback. Uh, tight end, they have – one healthy tight end. They have a fleet of running backs, but I don't know how many they're willing to put out there and what kind of situations. Uh, we saw a lot of, of, of Rex Burkhead and Brandon Bolden at fullback uh, last week. I don't know how much they're willing to show as far as creativity, some of those deep kind of plays. Uh, defensively, they're going to be fine. I don't think Dallas is going to score a lot, but I, I could see New England winning a field goal game. Uh, I just I don't think they win it by full touchdown if they do at all. So I'm going to take Dallas. So... I'm, I'm so glad you guys are taking Dallas because I'm taking the Pats. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean to play contrarian this week. Um, I like all you guys' points. Uh, I, I love New England at home. Uh, I think that Dallas, they just get they get severely outplayed when they're matched up with, with, with a superior coach. And obviously we have a superior coach here um, in Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick, you know, close win over the over the the Eagles game. That was a great game last week. Um, he's looking for a statement win. He knows what people are saying about their offense. Uh, I, th- I think they get the running game together this week, um, and I, I think I think they beat him by a touchdown. I I, I think that's how the game ends up. Um, I, I could see Dallas them being down by a touchdown. Dallas coming back to try and tie it up, and Dak just doesn't get it done. Like that, that, That's how I see the game playing out. At 7.5, 100% Dallas for me. Um, and at 5.5, I feel supremely confident in New England. Um, but, dude, let's talk about the NFC East because I looked this up, and this is crazy to me. If the Cowboys don't win this game, they are in serious trouble. Let's talk about this. So, clearly the Cowboys' only real threat in the NFC East is the Eagles. Weirdly enough, at 5-5. Five and five. But Dallas is only six and five, so what? They're six and five, correct? Um, yeah, it's it's one game right now. One yeah. one, one game difference. So, in so the they're East. one game ahead. Here's the Cowboys' schedule coming up. They play the Pats, obviously. They play the Bills, who are no slouch. Uh, they play the Bears again. So that's the Bills and Bears back to back. Those are two really good defenses that could totally upset them. Um, you got the Rams, then you got the Eagles, and their really only gimme game for the rest of their schedule is the Redskins at, at Week 17. So that is a ridiculously tough schedule. Now let's look at the Eagles' schedule, which is absolutely Swiss cheese. Listen to this schedule. Dolphins, Giants, Skins, the only challenge that they have, Cowboys, Giants. Is there, first of all, is there any doubt that the Eagles go 4-1? and one? On that, like, like at the, at the very minimum. I mean, that's that, that's ridiculous. I, I think you're looking at a three and two minimum. I think four and one's about where they're going to be. But I think week 16 against Dallas, I think that's going to be who's going to. I think that's really going to decide who wins the division, just based on where the standings are at now, um, and then going forward. Um, but um, because if Dallas wins 16, kind of, and everything plays out how we think it will, um, Dallas wins the division at that point. Um, but that that might be one of the, the 
more interesting, exciting races going forward by the end of the season. For sure. I I just I don't I don't something about it, I just can't trust Philly. I just can't trust Philly this year. I think once he's due for an injury or or just just they're just disconjointed. But their uh, defense is completely healthy now. Very good. And and Malcolm Jenkins is one of the most instinctive, just solid players ever. The defense I mean, looked great last week. Really good. And they made even even on minus the backside corner on on one weird play. That's the only touchdown they gave up. Uh, that double pass, and even Malcolm Jenkins was was on it like too fast. Um, I just don't trust the offense. I, I don't think they'll get it done. I, I think Dallas is is really in the driver's seat, and it's not going to be close. Dude, Carson Wentz put the final pass of that game right in Nelson Aguilar. You, you hear Nelson that's, Aguilar? That's a del- tough he deleted ball. his Instagram. <laughs> he freaking deleted his Instagram. That that's that's how much of a bitch boy Nelson well, Aguilar is. I know um, he's been getting a lot of, of heat this year, but that's a in that's the a vacuum. That's a Dude, really he's, hard he's, ball. He's too <laughs> he's too soft for Philly. Way too soft. Oh, for Philly. You delete, your, you delete your Instagram, dude. If I go to Philly. I immediately go to my doctor and I ask for a Xanax prescription and I fucking ride it out and I don't take any criticisms for the rest of my life. Like I, I fucking just ride it out, like like try and just take nothing seriously. Dude, Nelson Aguilar has been horrible this year. He dropped so many catches. For him to drop that final catch of that game, it's just so him. And it's and dude, Philly if he didn't think that Philly was gonna come after him for for dropping the game time catch i mean jesus Christ. So, so yeah obviously it was a very tough catch do you remember the uh the video of the the house fires in philly <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it, that's why it was so fitting you know it was going down oh, dude. And, and still wow. kudos to that guy i so want to know what that guy had to say when that happened oh man He's like, man i'm catching babies nelson aguilar can't catch a football <laughs> last i checked i'm getting paid two grand a month nelson aguilar getting paid yeah right <laughs> oh my god that- i want to know that guy's commentary dude yeah, I, I think i think we have to he might have made a twitter after that interview <laughs> we're, 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 we're gonna have to find him uh maybe maybe do a, a phone interview with he's him. catching fucking babies Aguilar. you all you just gotta catch a pass you've been doing it your whole life this guy's been catching babies for half a minute <laughs> <laughs> he did it way better he did his job that he's never done before way better than you zero training unless he's doing some weird training exercise where he's grabbing like sandbags Watermelons in the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a firefighter or anything, right? No, yeah, no, I think he probably was, works at a fucking Wawa in Philly, <laughs> and he is better at his job than you are. Out of the job he doesn't even have, Aguilar, you, you're 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 trash. <laughs> All right, let's move on, Aguilar. That was a weird little uh, little beef I just started with you. <laughs> Green, Green Bay at San Francisco 49ers. San Fran is is uh, I, I love this game. I think it's the game of the week for sure. Oh, without a doubt. San Fran is ranked is is uh, uh, is. Uh, favored by three. What are you guys' thoughts on this game? Is A Rod's revenge? That that's that's the storyline, right? Um, this one is going to be a huge one for me. I'm going to be glued to my seat. I fucking hate you, Aaron Rodgers. You killed me on back-to-back weeks. But San Francisco has been dog shit the last month. Um, if, if you actually if you've seen if you watch them, seen the numbers, Arizona almost beat them twice. Yep. Um, and they're struggling. Some teams are kind of figuring out. Obviously, they're winning. They have a great defense, but some teams are figuring out what's going on over there and how you beat them. Um, for me, I hate you, Aaron Rodgers, and I can't say it enough. Um, I hope you never reproduce. I, I didn't uh, know this. I didn't know your hatred about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's up there um, just because of the last couple of weeks. He'll never come close to Alex Smith, who I hate the most, but give me... <laughs> 
<laughs> I hate the, I hate Alex Smith more than any other quarterback. Uh, give me. Green, I can attest to that. Never get it. Yes, you can. <laughs> give me Green Bay plus the points. Yeah. So and he'll probably let me down one more time. Call me Olivia Munn. <laughs> uh, so I, I think San Francisco. They're vulnerable. Um, I don't. There's there's some things that they've done well, uh, but there's definitely some flaws there, and I think teams are starting to catch on as far as. Uh, the style of play, the, the, the kind of the design of the, the offense as far as run, misdirection. They're doing some really innovative, creative wrinkles, and I, I think people, it, it's the NFL, people are going to catch on. Um, Green Bay coming coming off, and, and I think he'll be, I think Aaron Rodgers will be especially motivated in this one. Uh, I, I Honestly, I like them money line, so three extra points makes me feel really good about it. Let's go, motherfuckers! I'm taking the 49ers. I'm so glad that I'm taking the opposite this, this of like all, all you guys. Or nothing week for this, you. This, this, this is my all or nothing week. I'm I'm, I'm far behind in, in, right our, in our yearly thing. So, dude, I'm fucking I'm, I'm I'm coming back this week. You heard it here. 49ers. They're not gonna blow them out. It's gonna be a great game. I, I really I really do think that. But here's why I love San Francisco. <laughs> Give me fucking Nick Bosa yeah. in this game, dude. Where, where does where does Aaron Rodgers where does Aaron Rodgers struggle? Teams that can put four guys on a blitz and pressure him. What team has done that successfully his entire career? The Vikings. What team has had the most success against Aaron Rodgers in his, in his entire career? The Vikings. The San Francisco 49ers defense actually reminds me a lot of the Vikings from a couple of years ago when we were just destroying Aaron Rodgers. Quite frankly, I love San Francisco in this game. Uh, it's definitely not my walk of the week. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, and I can see them winning by three points. I, I could totally see them winning by three points, covering. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, now, I am scared because Aaron Rodgers, he, he totally is one of those guys that fuels off of revenge. But I think he, I think the season has been going so well for Aaron Rodgers that he doesn't quite have that chip on the shoulder that he has. He's in like a fruitful relationship right now. I think he's too happy right now to win this game. So Nick Bosa, three sacks on Aaron Rodgers. I'm calling it right now. He's got an internal uh, like whininess to him that'll never die. Dude, I, I know he does. He does. he really does. He's got the inner bitch boy he's will like always a come out. Team. It's you, so, ugh. you know, um, something I was just thinking about earlier. You just mentioned right now that uh, you know kind of brought me back. You know, we have zero ties against the spreads this entire year so far. You know how unique and rare that is. When That's you crazy. We, we said they're gonna win by three. We have zero ties, so no, like in three and seven are very common. That's interesting. You yeah, look that yeah, up. Yeah, we, we yeah, I, I know because I we keep track every yeah. week. Zero ties. Yeah. You know, that's like a very almost impossible statistic. So hopefully you're wrong. Um, either which way, hopefully it's not San Francisco by three because uh, hopefully we don't get jinxed. Let's go. Let's go without a tie. No, for the rest I'm, of the year. I'm definitely right. Um, <laughs> but uh, no here, here's the thing: Aaron Rodgers, uh, obviously, uh, he he went into the draft that he went into. Uh, San Francisco told him that they were going to draft him, and they fucking didn't. He dropped a 24. Uh, obviously, the rest is history. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. Uh, for me personally, take Aaron Rodgers as the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. But here's my question for you: If he didn't drop in that draft, let's say let, let's let's reverse it and and bitch hands make. Or uh, bitch boy McSmallhands gets drafted 24 overall by the Packers. So Alex Smith now is in the Packers. Aaron Rodgers with San Francisco. You remember what a dumpster fire San Francisco was around that time. Do we even know Aaron Rodgers' name right now? Like, like I, I think he's still successful, but like, what, what, what do you guys think about Aaron Rodgers if he does go to San Francisco? I think it's a completely different situation, right? So, 
I, I don't know if he's quite the quarterback that he is now because he obviously he actually he won't be the quarterback that he is now because he learned behind one of the best Brett Favre. Um, but it, it was only for a couple years. They they had they stockpiled draft picks and they they became a phenomenon. They were one of the best defenses within. By the, actually they were they were prime by the time Aaron Rodgers even got to see the field. So it's it's hard to really kind of gauge that. But one thing I can pretty much guarantee you is the, the way the Packers' defense played from there on out, um, Alex Smith would have only been in the NFL about three years after that uh, because we, we all know that um, um, he, 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 can't, he can't throw the dead ball downfield. He can't win games for his team. And um, and I, I I hate to love That's an to alternate say, reality Marcus I, wants to live I, in. I, I, hate to love to, I hate to love to say it. I don't even know why I tossed this in Marcus. <laughs> I, I hate to love to say it, but the How best thing that will happen. I don't give a shit about your take on Alex Smith. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? Good. What's he doing? Nice snap leg. Go. <laughs> so, uh, I think, I mean, obviously, if we know who Alex Smith is, we would know who Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. Um, maybe he's a guy that needed that extra couple years to develop behind and, and be on the bench and, and not play right away. Maybe he's a guy that needed that. Uh, there's not really a, a way for us to know. When I say you don't know who, Al, who Alex or you don't know who Aaron Rodgers is, is he out of the NFL now? You know what I'm saying? Like, does, yeah. does, does he fizzle? I don't think out? so. I, I mean, Alex Smith had an opportunity to play in. A, he could have played in a Super Bowl had he not, you know, gotten beaten out. So let's say Aaron Rodgers nice doesn't get beaten out. Does he win a Super Bowl still in San Francisco? Does he stay in San Francisco? Is he still there? Um, I don't think help was too far away. Uh, you see the you know, the rippling effects down down the path, but I definitely think it. Didn't hurt Al, uh, Alex or Aaron as much as it would have hurt Alex. Oh, dude, I again, I, 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 I think I think Aaron Rodgers. So he, here, here's my thing about Aaron Rodgers. His first year as a starter for the Packers, he looked very unimpressive. Very yeah. unimpressive. That that's at the age of like 24 or 25, maybe even. So after years of sitting behind Brett Favre, so what would he have looked like rookie season with a far inferior coaching staff? I wonder that. I, I, I truly do wonder that. And, and I wonder, like, because Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. He, he can get inside his own head. He can also use his head and, like, his, his fucking grit to, to his advantage. But, dude, I truly wonder what happens if Aaron Rodgers started day one like Alex Smith. He could have found out for sure. I, and I wonder what happens if, if Alex Smith didn't start day one. Like it, it's it's all very interesting to me. And and I know Marcus is, is so <laughs> jaded towards Alex Smith. It's so bizarre. I've seen him see them say the most violent things about Alex Smith. And by the way, uh, Marcus envisioned the Alex Smith injury for years, and it actually came to fruition. I actually that had to be a bittersweet <laughs> moment for you. Oh, uh, there's there's nothing there was nothing bitter about it. Oh my. God, Jesus, dude, he can barely walk right now. I'm at the bar. I, I was at the I was at the bar and he got his leg snapped. And you hear everyone go, "Oh my God!" And I jumped on the bar and All I was right. like, hey, "We're moving on from the conversation." Um, so this this very well might be the battle for the number one seed. Let's talk about number one, number two seeds in the NFC right now. So we we pretty much have four, only four contenders really. Um, I'm sorry. There should be five. What is Seattle at right now? They're, they're seven and so they got two losses. Two losses. Two losses. Seven and two. It's, uh, eight and they're eight, eight and two. two. Okay. Eight and two. So we got the 49ers at nine and one. We got the Packers at eight and two. We got the Vikings at eight and three. The Saints at eight and two, and Seattle at eight and three. Who is the number one and number two seeds? Um, end of the year, obviously. End of the year, I think one two will be the Saints. And the Seahawks in either particular order. And actually, I've got an interestingly hot take 
I think on the AFC it's a slimmer chance, but I think this is going to be one of the most rarest occasions you'll ever see where you have two 9-1 teams that both might not, A, get a bye, or B, um, sorry, not not be the one seed, but might not even get a bye. Um, New England has the potential with what they have going forward in their schedules compared to the Bills' schedule going forward. There's an absolute chance, slim chance. Patriots don't win their division. I definitely do not think that the 49ers win the division. So it's slim chance. Slim chance. Shut it down. Such a fucking troll. I'm, I'm, be, I'm being dead serious. So, but, but the You're Niners. Not, but, okay. I'm, the Niners absolutely Buffalo's will not. schedule down the road is, is hard, by the way. <laughs> and they've beat zero teams with a winning record. Just, I'm just watch. <laughs> but the Niners, definite. They will, I don't think they're going to win the West. Um, I think they'll be the three seed. Uh, they'll end up. They, they might. They might be. 12 and 4 and be a 3 seed, which would be insane. So back to the NFC, uh, the question. I, I'd like the Seahawks and the Saints as, to, as well. I think uh, the 49ers get caught. I don't think they win the division. The only other dark horse I, I think I'd like to be a contender there uh, would be Minnesota. Uh, I think, you know, Kirk Cousins does enough to get him over the hump as far as – he doesn't have to do much. He can be mediocre, uh, and they have the protection if the play calling is, is where it needs to be. If Dalvin is, is doing the most of the, the carrying there, the, if they get healthy, a lot of ifs. Uh, that's why they're kind of the dark horse for me. But I definitely, I think Seattle won uh, and New Orleans too. Give me Seattle at number one. No, I'm sorry. No, no. Give me the Saints at number one. Give me give me the Saints as the number if one the Saints team. and they get dominated by the Falcons, I would have been right there with you. Yeah, dude, that scares me. I, I think they learn from that more than they hurt okay. from it. So give me Saints at number one, and give me um, uh, Seattle at number two. Yeah. I, I think I think that Seattle ultimately wins the West. Um, I agree with you that Seattle is better than San Francisco. Clearly, they beat him, They just beat him in San Francisco. And they've been there how many times? Like exactly, that, it's a veteran love, team. Give me Russell Wilson over Jimmy Garoppolo any day. And that home field um, advantage. I think that San Francisco clearly has a better defense when you compare yep. the two. But yep. give me give me the quarterback edge all day yep. long. Um, so I think I one hundred percent. Go Saints number one, Seattle number two. Um, I think the Vikings ultimately win the North, uh, and that's hard for me to say because I fucking am, am such a pessimist when it comes to my own team. Um, but yeah, I, I the NFC race is so exciting. All those teams, I can't name besides the Patriots. We just named five teams. Are any of those teams not better than the second team in the AFC? Like, the AFC is so weak. Like, the NFC is so stacked, it's ridiculous. It, it's, actually, it's actually almost unfair that they all have to, like, battle it is unfair. each other. Like, like, honestly, years like this make you kind of wish that they would just do 1 through 12. Yeah, every, but, at, like, but at the same time, Brady and Manning had to duke it out. Why? Rex Grossman made it to the true. Super Bowl. That's no, true. <laughs> but then they got to smoke them in the Super Bowl. So right. <laughs> uh, and 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 they never had a team in the NFC like the Patriots. So it's like, I think the Patriots. Anyways, <laughs> let, 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 let's move on. This, this is literally the only game this week which I find interesting out of all six where the away team is favored. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore is favored by three and a half on the road against the Rams. If I would have fucking told you that week one. Going into this game, five. nobody would have believed me. No, that Baltimore would be favored by th- not just not just three, three and a half. That is that is that is the definitive line. That is Vegas going all in on Baltimore to me. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this game? I this is another great game. I, this is gonna be a good game. See, I'm I'm I'm, making, I'm the exact opposite. I think if they're all in on Baltimore, I think you're talking five and a half to six and a half because the Rams really haven't showed much. Um, obviously, we Sean McVay though. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's Sean McVay, and and don't get me wrong, I'm taking the Rams in this, like, no questions asked. But um, 
I think three and a half. There's there's something brewing, and for me, I'm I'm assuming it's they're seeing what I am. Um, it's the first time Gurley's gotten his touches. Uh, Rams are in desperation mode. It's the only way their offense is going to click and function. He's got to touch the ball 25, 30 times. You're paying him what, $16 million a year. Guess what? Now you're in crunch time. You can, the Rams cannot afford to lose another game. They just they can't. Um, but I, I think this, to me, that I'm looking at this line, I think Vegas might see it as a little bit of a letdown for Baltimore. Baltimore needs the game, too, for, to you know, maybe try and get that one seed. Yeah. Um, but I like I, I like the Rams. I, th- I think it's you're going to start seeing Gurley. I, I don't I don't think barring injury. I think he gets no less than 25 touches for the rest of the year. Um, and if it were me, he wouldn't get less than 35 touches for the rest of the year. You, you, he needs the ball. It's the only way that you can make up for that offensive line to go all in on Gurley. It's it's it, that's their only that's their only chance. Uh, you you got to get him the ball. Get a ball in space. Uh, the offensive line's bad, but you have to take pressure off Goff. It's just that simple. That defense is good enough. I, I don't like this game. Uh, I think it's it's really close. Um, I, I still I want to. Obviously, you'll never get the information. And there's kind of that adage that that home field's worth three. I, I, do they give that same home field to the Rams playing in front of 25 people? Like I don't I don't know how that works. Um, the Ravens are obviously good. They match up well against New England. They look really good against New England. But at the same time. Regardless of whatever you want to call it, I still think there's a lot of gimmick in their offense, and gimmicks don't last in the NFL. We've learned this how many times. Remember the Wildcat was a thing? Remember when everybody thought after RG3's rookie year that he was the next coming? Vince Young had a great rookie year. Like Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Like these mobile quarterbacks have great rookie years. Like that's not new, unusual. Um, it's a lot of this is gimmicky. Can you take the hits? Can you, you know, when somebody really forces you to stay in the pocket? And if Aaron Donald gets to, to, gets to Lamar, he might be in trouble. Um, I, I really, as much as I hate, I think Marcus and I have only differed on one game so far, but I got to I gotta go to the Rams too. I, I think this is kind of a trap. Uh, and the one thing that the Rams do well, especially when they're giving Gurley the ball and throwing off play, play action, which is what Goff is the best at, uh, it's definitely his skill set. Um, the one thing that they do really well and, and the, kind of their advantage is just the, their depth at wide receiver. Um, Teams that, that that have a top, you know, one or two, or, or have a good scheme defensive sec in the defensive secondary, Cooper Cup ends up being kind of the X factor, and he was, I think he was, he was, shut, was it last week or the week before he was shut out, zero points. As good as Pittsburgh, yep. Yeah, so he's he's due. They need to get him reintroduced. I, I think it's a it's a lot off of play action. Um, I'm gonna go to the Rams. Yes, folks, it's Drew's comeback week. Go Baltimore all fucking day. Uh, Yes, I am indeed taking Baltimore in this game. Um, I have so little faith in the Rams right now, it's ridiculous. Uh, I think think the Baltimore front set, their their offensive line is so fucking bad. And you know who else is so bad right now? Jared Goff. You've got to be able to throw the ball to be able to to keep pace with this electric Baltimore offense. Um, I do, I love um, the defensive coordinator for for the... uh, for the for the Rams, who what's his name? What's his name? Offensive coordinator. No, Wade Phillips. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. Yeah, old ass guy. Love Wade Phillips, but I think that they just clearly do not have the talent to do it. Um, I think that Baltimore rolls in this game. Uh, first of all, when when you look at Rams and, and they have a home game, they don't have really any advantage in these home games no. for the next like five years. Um, there's going to be a lot of Baltimore fans there. 
Uh, I, I just I love what, the, what Baltimore is doing. I love them to keep rolling. Give me Baltimore all day, and may, let's declare this Drew's comeback week 100%. Uh, or Drew's not going to show up for next week's podcast week. <laughs> Anyways, either way it goes. I, 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 th- I think this is going to be one of those um, unique games where you're going to have – um, Everybody's going to go three and three after this. I, uh, no, but, no I, I think there's going to be a, this game in particular. I think there's going to be a 33 33-33 split of Ravens jerseys, Rams jerseys, and everyone in the NFL jerseys <laughs> showing up to the game. Baltimore rolls, Lamar Jackson. So let's close this thing out. Uh, I want you guys to give me your final thoughts of the week. It can be football related. It can be anything. Marcus, go, buddy. Um, what I'm very much looking forward to in this offseason is uh, Mike Tomlin and Randy Bichner getting fired um, and a fresh start. Um, and uh, make a Fitzpatrick win and defensive NFL MVP. So now, uh, the last part, uh, probably the whole thing actually, um, just looking forward to more terrible officiating. It's been the, the, the story of the year and it's going to continue to be the story. Uh, not knowing who teams really are and just getting closer to the playoffs when games actually matter. So here's my prediction for the Minnesota Vikings, folks. And if you don't know, if you don't know me, I'm I'm the biggest pessimist ever. But if you heard me earlier in the show, I did say that I think the Vikings are going to win the North, and I absolutely do. And here's why: This is what's going to happen for the next for for the final weeks of the Vikings. Uh, Vikings f- play Seattle in Seattle the first week when they come back. Here's what's going to happen: Kirk Cousins is going to fall flat. He's going to look fucking so bad. He's going to look like classic Kirk Cousins, right? They are going to just get destroyed by the media everyone's gonna talk about oh you know the Packers Packers are shoe wins to win the division Kirk Cousins he's a choke artist blah blah I think the team rallies around Kirk Cousins I think the defense ultimately improves I think the Vikings win out for the rest of the year including beating the Patriots the second to last week of the season um, and I think the Vikings end up winning the North Kirk Cousins actually here, here's, here's my thing about Kirk Cousins he plays the best when people doubt him so they're going to get destroyed in Seattle, or, or they're going to lose the game anyways. I, I don't think they get destroyed, but they're going to lose the game. Kirk Cousins is going to have a little chip on his shoulder, which is what he needs to win. We rally. We win the rest of the games. We win the North. Fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. I hate you so much. I actually kind of love you, but uh, anyways. Um, you guys have anything else to say to close out the, close out the week? Um, 2021 Super Bowl, Steelers-Vikings in Tampa Bay. <laughs> 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 I I can't say anything after that. I hope it happens, uh, even though the Steelers have already beaten the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Actually, Um, we we have that game in two years. That's going to be an interesting week up in Minneapolis, you and I. Yep, so um, uh, catch us out at the XFL tailgates. Uh, I I have a meeting with the XFL guy next week. Uh, XFL guy, you've called me four times this week. Um, I'm thinking these tickets are probably selling like hotcakes, right? Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> let's close on the week. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you like us, share us, follow us, uh, make love to us. Come out to the come out to the bars that we're filming these at. Um, we are going to continue to record these every week at various St. Pete bars. Uh, I believe next week we're going to do it at Around the Corner Bar. So please come out and see us. Have a beer with us. We love you so much. Um, pop the shirt off. I I, I, I want to see you naked. Have a great night. <laughs>